Hey, welcome to Shield Maiden. I'm Natalie, your host. Today, I want to talk about the, uh, the I, I mean, it's it's all over. It's kind of calmed down a little bit now, um, but it's been a huge talking point, and that is whether or not Hanir Gracie betrayed jiu-jitsu. It's been a big question on everybody's mind. And if you're like me, you found out about this whole, you know, situation by, you know, social media. So I was scrolling social media and I see this headline. This headline reads something crazy. It reads something like um, $46 million awarded to white belt, uh, black belt professor or something like that breaks white belt's neck. And then the, the, the little snippet or excerpt of information below that goes on to explain how like Henny or Gracie was the expert testimony for the plaintiff's side and there's also a video attached so already in my brain i have this preconceived notion of it i'm already i'm already like man another you know bad brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor who's out there giving jiu-jitsu as a whole a uh, you know a horrible rap and so i've already got this picture in my mind right i'm and i'm thinking that like this instructor is picking up this white belt and just slam them on their head. And I watched the video. And the video is not that. Uh, I mean, like, the video is a short video. I, I watched it in black and white. That's what was, you know, that's what the video showed up as. And um, the student is, and the, and the student's name is uh, Jack Greener. He is a white belt. And he's in the turtle position and the instructor is going behind him, trying to take his back and like they highlight where the student puts his head on the ground and breaks his neck, right? So I watched it a few times because after reading the headline in the excerpt, I'm like, this is not, something doesn't add up something doesn't smell right and you start to connect the dots and you're like Henir Gracie is the expert witness and for the plaintiff Jack Green or the white belt you watch the video you're like it it there was no malicious intent there was no gross negligence so you're just like how could it possibly be that $46 million was awarded unless someone like Kinnear Gracie, you know, pushed that narrative to people who are unaware of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so you're like, huh. And I also think that some of the things that Hanir does, and, and this is where I, so I ended up watching the Tom DeBlas, and, and I'm going to link it in this podcast because please, I recommend watching it highly, like watch it. It's a long, um, conversation that these two have, but watch it. It is worth it. Um, and so I watched it because, you know, my initial reaction was the same as everybody else. And the last couple of weeks, the jujitsu community has been in a complete uproar and they are not happy with any Gracie, like prominent members in the jujitsu world, have been calling out Hanir Gracie 
saying that he is betraying jiu-jitsu, saying that he is trying to sissify jiu-jitsu, he's trying to push his ideals and curriculum and teaching standards to the whole of jiu-jitsu, and, um, and that he is trying to make jiu-jitsu, in, in Portuguese they, they have the saying, it's called uh, Nutella, just like Nutella that you eat, and it's supposed to mean that you are watering down or making something less um, less stout, right? You're you're sissifying jujitsu. It's kind of what people were were running around saying, and it was to the point where like like this guy couldn't get an or word in edgewise. Tom DeBlas, I guess, reaches out to Henry Gracie, and he's like, "Hey, dude, what's going on?" And he says that through his conversation with Hanir, he realizes that there is a lot of misinformation. There is a lot of cherry picking. And um, and there's a lot of misconstrued ideas that have been pushed out there um, through many, many different facets. Right? Like, like I don't think Hanir Gracie did himself any favors uh, when he posted his post on social media about the event, um, initially he did, he did clear it up and, um, and clarify for us later on. And he even talks about in this Tom DeBlas conversation, this discussion they have, he, he talks about where he's like, I didn't read my audience. Like I had been so used to doing something, um, that I didn't, I, it just didn't click until it was too late. And, and we'll get to that. So after having this idea in my head, I'm like, as a, as a jujitsu instructor, my husband and I owning an academy, we're like, I, I see, I show my husband, I'm like, God, I was like, oh, do you know what's going to happen now? $46 million. I, I was like, that's going to raise insurance. Insurance is already hard to get. And I, we, it was so funny because as this was happening, I had just been looking for insurance and I, it is so hard to get martial arts insurance. It's expensive one. And two, a lot of companies don't take particular styles of martial arts. So I was having to go around and confirm with lots of people, uh, lots of different companies, whether or not they actually insured Brazilian Jiu Jitsu specifically, because I would hate to pay for insurance. And then the 11th hour I need it. And they're like, what style of martial art you do? Oh, you do Jiu Jitsu? Uh, we don't cover that. Sorry. <laughs> what? They're not going to give me a refund. <laughs> That's not how it's going to work. Um, also this, this definitely struck a nerve with me and Tom DeBlas and here near Gracie. Well, Tom DeBlas really starts to, uh, to talk about insurance companies and all that kind of stuff. And I, I liked his his uh, his point of view on it because I have that same stance because I've had to fight insurance companies before. Like I I was hurt while I was at work, and I had to go for lots of doctor's appointments, and the insurance company was getting ready to cap me because I didn't. So I had someone had jumped on me and attacked me while at work. I was able to handle the situation. Um, but not without injury. I ended up tearing up a ton of muscles in my neck, chest, and shoulder, where I thought initially I had ruptured some discs in my neck so bad that doctors were talking about fusing my spine together, my upper neck. 
and to where I wouldn't, I would never be able to teach jujitsu. Like my quality of life was going to change dramatically. That was life altering. I, I mean, that turned my entire, my husband and I's entire world on its, oh, it was so scary. And so because they were talking about it, I kept pushing physical therapy. I kept trying to get my doctors to recommend more personal or physical therapy, um, you know, massage. Th- like I was, I was doing everything in my power to make sure that I did not go to, uh, you know, under the knife and they were getting ready to cap me. And they're like, sorry, we're not going to do anything more for you. Uh, they, they told me kick rocks. And my only other recourse was to bring it to court. And I brought it to court. Now, I didn't break my neck. I, I didn't want surgery. So, like, I, my quality of life, um, like, like, I did not experience what uh, Jack Greener did, where he became quadriplegic. I, from my understanding, he has recovered somewhat. Like, he's walking. He's able to to move and things like this. Um, but he's, he's definitely never going to be where he was is my understanding. So it's just, as soon as I won, I won my case. So as soon as, as soon as they sent me that check, I was done with that job. I was like, Nope, I'm good. Thank you. Um, so, so this did really, really kind of hit close to home for me. And that's why I was super invested in finding out as much information as I could, because from what I know from the outside looking in, it already, like it was already, this whole thing smelled bad from the beginning and was shooting up tons of red flags, right? So between the, between the initial headline, I I felt like I had gotten catfished. (laughs) I felt Of course, it was super clickbaity, but I click on it regardless. And then I watched the video and I realized that that something, and it has to be whoever's pushing the narrative, right? Whoever, they want drama, they want, they've got to sell, they got to sell newspapers, right? They got, they want people to, to read their articles. They need people to click on this stuff. So I already was kind of like, ugh. And this video really clarified a lot of stuff right? We find out, I I mean, please, I recommend this, uh, this conversation. I I can't recommend it enough. It is so great. And it's so funny too. God, it was funny. Um, Tom DeBlas. And if you're not familiar with who Tom DeBlas is, he is a high level Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor who is, um, very, very blunt, very brash, Um, very well known for telling people how it is. He likes to use a lot of four letter words, but he's very upfront and honest. Like he makes no apologies for who he is. Uh, And, and he has been very successful because even though he is so, you know, raw and rough around the edges, he's very honest and he does care, right? Like where, (laughs) on the other end of the spectrum, you've got, you got Henry Gracie, which is very, he, he's very smooth and suave and debonair and, and, um, and very well known just because of who he is related to, you know, of course he's, he's made his own name and he's really worked hard in the jujitsu industry, but, but he's also, he's got that kind of prestige and pedigree and backing. Um, so 
It's just so funny that Tom DeBlass is the voice of reason in all of this chaos. <laughs> um, which I mean, I'm glad you needed someone who is going to, and during the course of the, of the uh, live stream, he starts telling people to shut up. Like he's like, Hey, you bop, 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 shut up. <laughs> it just cracked me up. Um, we learn a bunch of stuff like, and stuff I kind of, you know, I, I had a little dealings with these kind of things. So I kind of, I had an idea, but like things that blew my mind, right? So they did not allow, um, you know, a lot of people were saying that, hey, it looked like perhaps the student tried to escape the technique, therefore putting the liability on the student, not the instructor, right? So they were kind of going with the idea of it takes two to tango. And, and the, the guy looked like he was attempting a, what we call a Gramby escape. And Gramby escape is where you tuck in your chin and you roll or utilize the back top portion of your shoulder blades to maneuver and escape from things like a back take. And here explains to Tom DeBlass and the audience, he's like, uh, they, they established that that was not going to be allowed. They told us that we were supposed to um, regard the case as if he did not attempt escape, like, like we were not allowed to think those thoughts. We were, it was, it was explained to us that we had to look at the case as it was and how the statements were written, right? And so he's like, so that, that was not admissible in court. Okay that's news. And then, um, there's a conversation I had about waivers. This blew my mind. Um, conversation about waivers. He goes, he goes, Tom DeVos is like, so where's this waiver? He goes, something was signed, but it was so poorly written that the courts would not allow it to be admitted as evidence because it could not be deemed as an official document. There were so many errors, misspellings, um, that it just, it wasn't up to par for an official document of that. So like it, it couldn't be considered a waiver. Therefore it wasn't admitted in court. And so they couldn't just be like, Hey, the liability falls on the student. Right. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and, and then we find out that the student had come to the insurance company and the insurance company had told him to buzz off there. You know, he'd come to them, ask them for the million dollar payout or something along those lines. And they were like, nope, sorry. See you later. Bye. And his only other recourse, like he, he broke his neck and become quadriplegic. Only recourse was to go to trial. And, uh, you know, I also found it fascinating to find out Henier's why. Like, why would you choose to be on the plaintiff side? Uh, you, you know, like, like why? And he, he discusses, he goes, look, I have been hurt with that same exact, very similar situation. He goes, where I myself have been extremely injured, seriously injured. And I, I don't teach it that way. We then find out that, uh, <laughs> that even Clark Gracie, who was the expert witness for the defense for the insurance company and the uh, the academy that even he states that he does not teach 
the back take techniques in that manner, which is the Leo Vieira back take is what we see in the video, right? So in the video, we see him doing a Leo Vieira back take and this back take, if you don't know who Leo Vieira is and where the name comes from, it is a uh, competitor um, from, from way back when. And he was famous for doing this style of, of grabbing from behind. And the difference, so it's, it's where you take two hands when you're, when you're behind someone, you take two hands and you bring your arms around their abdomen or their torso area, right? And you're going usually underneath both arms. In this case though, and this is what made it a little different, is that he took it even a one step further than just the, the traditional Leo Vieira. He pins an arm to the student's body so he pins the student's arm to his body making it very hard to post or defend the back take right and and it's just a freak accident like like you can tell that this was just something crazy that happened and nobody like i bet if everybody could turn back the clock everybody would like nobody would want a broken neck that instructor would not want to break a student's neck like nobody wanted that kind of drama so i'm i'm very impressed with their conversation these two gentlemen tom de blast and hanir continue to have and like he talks about um they talk about like the insurance company and how if the insurance company had just done its job this wouldn't have been an issue if people were not just cherry picking this wouldn't have snowballed into this crazy monstrosity that it is he goes you know a lot of people didn't see it from my point of view also they talk about how Hanier gracie it, like he admits he goes for two years he goes you know now the timeline is five years ago this happened I get involved two years ago when they bring it to trial and they need a, um, an expert witness. I look at it because I had to decide if I wanted to be their expert witness. He goes, and I watched it, watched it, watched it and realized where the danger came in and what I felt about it. Because remember, expert testimony is just an opinion. It, it doesn't even have to be fact. It's just the expert witness, their opinion of the situation right in this in this situation it is that back take hold so he goes on to explain how he's just he's like look i i am very much not pushing my narrative i am very i just i was trying to do what I thought was right and where I messed up and dropped the ball is for two years I was used to using the word spike. I guess he, he uses the word spike on his Instagram or his social media when he goes to explain the situation. And um, using that language, he goes, I had been used to using it for two years with people who did not. I, I was using it as a verb, explaining an action that like, like I was using it as a verb where I was explaining to people in the same room as me who did not understand jujitsu or for the most part did not, I was explaining what had happened and how, you know, like the action was taking place. His head was in that position, in that spiked position, um, and where he, he broke his neck. 
He said, but then when I used it, like in the jujitsu world, we see it as a noun, as something that happened, you know, person, place, or thing, thing that it happened. So the thing spike is a thing that happens. He goes, you know, so when you think the word spike in the jujitsu world, you think like someone spiked somebody right in the head and hurt them. He goes, so I messed up there. And he admits, he goes, you know, I should have, I should have known my audience. I should have, you know, recalibrated my answer to where it was appropriate for the, you know, for the people that I was bringing it to. And, and sometimes I think that like, I think that one word, especially in the English language, good grief, in the English language, we could really mess up quickly. Um, One word in the wrong spot, heck, one letter. (laughs) <laughs> can really make a difference, right? Um, so my final thoughts on this is I, I don't think that Hanir Gracie went with the intent. I mean, heck, we I even heard that he took the payment that he received for his expert witness testimony. I think like he, he donated, like he didn't even keep it just to prove that it, he didn't do it for the money. All right. And, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. So where, like, I don't think that he betrayed jujitsu. I, I don't, I don't think that he had malicious and like, I don't think that he was out to like change jujitsu as a whole. I, I think he does a pretty good job pushing his narrative and, and letting the world know. I think he does a, a better job than a lot of people on like trying to, you know, push his, his curriculum, his practice. And, and there's a lot of stuff I like about the way Henier Gracie teaches. Like I, I, especially coming from an instructor standpoint, an American instructor, right? Like, like in Brazil, culture is so, jujitsu is part of the culture, right? Like everybody knows it from the time they are little and it is kind of, inundated and woven into the structure of their society where that it, it's it will I think eventually become that way here kind of like football is but it's not that way now and so when he explains it he explains it in very easy to understand terms language and terminology where we the student can grasp and easily assimilate that information, right? And so there, there's a lot of stuff that I like about what he is. I do think he's a fast talker. I do think that he is a, a businessman, right? Um, but I, I mean, that's who he is. Like, I, I don't take anything from him for that. And I don't think that he he came out with the intention to hurt jujitsu, to betray jujitsu. I do think that a lot of, like, I think that this is a huge issue with the insurance company, like shame on the insurance company. And then also like a huge issue with, um, media outlets. Like the way that was presented was definitely a, just a, just a huge stirring the pot kind of deal. So, I mean, these are my thoughts and I I really, I really hope you guys watch it. It was great stuff. There were times in there where I was like, go Tom to blast, tell him what's going on. And, and, um, especially when he starts talking about his school, like he starts talking about like somebody freaks out, I guess some, some, some people in the live stream start making comments because Tom DeBlast says, look, we're liable for everything. 
and I don't let students drop into my academy if I'm not there. Like, you can't do a drop in to my academy. People were all mad. And he goes, hey, hey, shut up. This is my academy. I do things the way I want to do it. Why are you coming to my academy and I'm not there? Like, what are you doing? He goes, I don't know you. I don't, I, I also need to make sure you're safe on the mats. My students are safe on the mats. And, and this is something that my husband and I wholeheartedly agree with, right? We, we don't appreciate and we usually don't um, encourage people to just show up, right? Don't just show up. If we don't know you, if we've never met you, if we don't know where you're coming from, don't just show up without calling us. You don't know if we're not there, if we're unavailable, if there's even class, like call. And, and I talk about this in my etiquette uh, podcast where like, you want to have good manners, good etiquette in the jujitsu community. Like this is how you go about it. And just showing up is not the way to do it. It's not the way to earn your, put yourself in good graces. Like myself, my husband, if we're going to go anywhere, we call prior, you know, say we're going on vacation. We go to Orlando a lot. Um, we call prior people he's friends with, right? So he's, he's friends with guys up in Orlando. He calls these guys a couple day prior and he's like, Hey, I'm going to be in this area. I might want to come up and train. Is that a possibility? Are you guys cool with that? And then they, they, they figure it out. He's a fifth degree black belt, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like he should, the door should open. He should be welcome in every room, Right. Yeah, but you should do it the right way, right? So moving on from that, these are my thoughts. This is what I think. Uh, I mean, these are just opinions, guys. Go watch it yourself and form form your own stuff. Figure it out. But understand that what you're seeing all the time on social media is not 100% truth. So please dig deep. And uh, I will look forward to talking to you guys on the next one. Have a great day. Bye.